0: cheerful, sociable, and inciting. It is talk compelling. It puts you in a good temper. It makes you satisfied with yourself and your fellow beings. It sweeps away the worries and cobwebs of the week. The advantages of the suggested innovation are, in short, without number. And I submit it is fully time that the old regime of Sunday breakfast made room for the new course of Sunday brunch. P.S. Beer and whiskey are admitted as substitutes for tea and coffee. That's how British writer Guy Barringer concluded his piece in Hunter's Weekly called brunch a plea. And I pleaded to read that section in a British accent, but producer Dolry said no. Anyway, that was back in 1895. He is credited with coming up with the word to describe a combination between breakfast and lunch. Now it's everywhere. You can proclaim your love of it on a T-shirt. It's probably listed as an interest on your online profile. And of course, restaurant doors are opening to crowds of brunch goers, especially on weekends. It's more than just a thing for Mother's Day or cool people on the coast. So
1: I think it's kind of a it's a meal that transcends trends. I think right now it's it's trending a little bit.
0: So today on Abby Eats St. Louis, we are gonna brunch so hard. Why restaurant owners and chefs love the meal, even if they don't love the meal.
1: Truth be told, I I have kind of. I'm not much of a breakfast guy anymore.
0: What it tells us about our creature habits, like
1: the kind of brunch crowd for us has definitely grown,
0: and the foods some of St. Louis's top breakfast champs make their families in the morning, and how they really feel about avocado toast.
1: We always have an ongoing battle between avocado toast and donuts, and who's <laughs> going to win out on any on any <laughs> given day.
2: Ooh. Party of
0: 16?
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, Sunday brunch, it's... Party of 16? You gotta
3: be kidding me, dude. It's
2: gonna be a little while,
0: probably a couple hours. Yeah,
3: it's gonna be a lot of while, dude. Don't you look at me, man! Are you aware of how many tables they have available in the actual restaurant? It's limited, dude. Limited LTD, you're not getting a party of 16 through that door. If you do, I'm going to be
2: irate. That's
3: really a lot of people. This guy wants a party of 16. Why don't you invite 25 more friends there, gay?
0: (laughs) A guy heckling another guy in an hours-long line for the cool new brunch place. That's a scene from a classic episode of my favorite comedy show, Portlandia. Fred Armisen and Carrie Brownstein make fun of hipsters and trends, and their Brunch Village episode... Really hits the nail on the head. Down to the guy who's ticked that everyone else has discovered the restaurant he liked before it was cool and got a good write-up from a fancy food critic. Look it up on Netflix. It's good TV. Well, that is a fictitious place, but it's not far from reality at some of St. Louis's favorite brunch spots.
2: And one thing people should know is it's easy to get in during the weekdays. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. there's always a line here on the weekends. Here on weekends. Yes,
0: yeah. come during the week. Half and Half has two locations, one in Clayton and one in Webster Groves. Both get really packed. It's still pretty busy on a dreary weekday at their Webster location, but I have the best table in the house sitting across from owners Mike and Liz Randolph.
1: Knock on wood, breakfast has been good to us, and it'll continue to be for a long, long time.
0: Mike is the chef, and I mean he is really the chef. You could light the sky with all the stars critics have given his various restaurants. Randolphi's, serving up wood-fired pizza and Italian classics. Publico, where he earned three James Beard Foundation nominations. And Pravado. The small table spot that earned big buzz for its elaborate tasting menu.
1: We've done um, just about everything imaginable from restaurants in restaurants, tasting menus, tacos, pizza, pasta. Um, we've, We've tried. We've tried a lot,
0: but for various business reasons, all of the other spots are now closed. Half and half now has the Randolph's full attention
1: and uh, the one that's kind of left standing that our, our, has always been our sustenance uh, has been half and half and it's been really good to us. So it's definitely different, I mean, being here at 6.30 in the morning and, and making sure the pancakes are symmetrical and the eggs are cooked right, uh, it's different from you know dealing with my cooks at Provado in that kind of uber fine dining setting, but at the end of the day, the same philosophy is always um kind of guided all the restaurants in the group which is kind of make it by scratch do it right take your time source good products so none of that's changed
2: well the wheels are always turning um sometimes things work sometimes they don't but we always try to have fun while we're doing them and put all all of our best into it you know see what sticks
1: Uh, we're not done uh there'll be more restaurants on the horizon but for now we're really focused on on being here and making it uh, everything it can be. You know, when I was in Chicago working at a Michelin star restaurant, I kind of had this realization that maybe I'm not the next Thomas Keller. Maybe I better have a few bullets in my gun that are approachable to everyone.
0: Let me pause here for some definitions. Michelin stars go to the best restaurants in the world. Thomas Keller has been named one of the best chefs in the world several times over.
1: So I actually spent a year uh, running a breakfast and lunch place there and always kind of had that in our back pocket. Um, And we just felt like there was a need in St. Louis. At the time, there was a lot of chain establishments, um, but there weren't a lot of people that were uh, mom and popping it, doing breakfast the way we felt it should be done. Um, And and so uh, it is kind of ironic that with all... The fine dining stuff that we've done and, you know, trailblazing that we've done. Um, it's it's pancakes and well executed eggs that are the last man standing.
0: But other chefs have always started with breakfast and it's working out well for them and hordes of hungry brunchers.
3: I'm Russell Ping, uh, chef and owner of Russell's Cafe and Bakery and Russell's on Macklin down the city and Lola Jean's Coffee down the city.
0: We met at the Chesterfield location. Once again, busy on a weekday morning. The last time I was here, actually, it was a day of a really bad snowstorm. It was, we've only had a couple this winter, but this was the first snow that we had. They always happen
3: on the weekends this winter. This
0: winter has been a (laughs) lot of weekends, yes, but the first one, it was a snow day for a lot of people. And we were out here near Modot doing the whole thing with to get updates from them and stuff and we really we had a break and so we wanted to go somewhere for breakfast Mm -hmm. and we were afraid that there wasn't my photographer and I were afraid there wasn't going to be we were open but we got here and sure enough not only was it open but there were still people coming by I mean there were moms whose children didn't have school but they decided to go out for breakfast instead
3: snow days actually like snow days during the school week are actually really busy days for us because people you know get out want to get out of the house and stuff like that I mean, it's a casual experience. It's also like we don't really, even though we've got multiple locations, we don't want it to feel like a chain. We want each location to really kind of feel like it belongs to that neighborhood, so that people it's accessible, um, it's quality, but people are comfortable being there, which I think is kind of what all that whole breakfast vibe is about: is people coming in, being comfortable, knowing that. I mean, it's <clears throat> that's the biggest type of like comfort food that you can get. I think is like biscuits and like uh you know homemade gravy and stuff like that it's all done really well but it's just really comforting stuff which i think is what people are looking for
0: yeah especially first thing in the morning like you were saying too it's not always people coming in their sunday best anymore it's yeah. people coming in in their pajamas because they found out <laughs> they don't have school or right. just wanting to get together with some people there yeah. Yeah. what are some of the foods that made you fall in love with breakfast
3: um i mean i kind of am all over the all over the place i mean like i really like the um you know, savory stuff like like biscuits and gravy. Um, that's kind of like like family recipe type things. Like my my uh, my dad grew up on a farm in Indiana, and his mom, my grandma, in Indiana. Uh, Myland, Indiana. Okay, like where the Hoosiers Indiana. was was from. I'm an
0: Indiana Hoosier. an yeah. I U grad. So, yeah, yeah. Okay. okay.
3: Both my parents went to I U. There you go.
0: Yeah. Very yeah. good. You so, have a good pedigree.
3: <laughs> but anyway, so like you know, they grew up with you know biscuits all the time, fried chicken, all that kind of stuff. Um, so I love all that kind of stuff, but then I also just love, you know, like, grabbing a piece of, like, carrot cake or something like that for breakfast. You know, something sweet, quick, out the door. Too.
0: Brunch does let us eat cake for breakfast. Yeah. That used to be a post-birthday treat growing <laughs> up, and now it's, like, a thing.
3: Yeah, I mean, like, I think the thing with brunch, too, is it's, like, you can eat whatever you want, you know, and then you can have a drink with it, too. Like, nobody's, like, it's not a Tuesday after, afternoon, nobody's going to judge you for having a bloody mary. 10 o'clock in the morning.
0: (laughs) Let's let's talk about that because sometimes I think maybe brunch is really a lot of trends start on the coast, right? And then they come here, and now it seems like brunch is much more of a thing here than it used to be. Yeah. Um, It seems like St. Louis is a good place to pitch day drinking activities (laughs) and meals that involve it. It's
3: like I think a lot of people use brunch as just an excuse to have a couple of
0: drinks. I may or may not be guilty of that, especially on a Sunday, right? Yeah, yeah. Back to half and half, also known for giving you a pleasant morning yeah, buzz. no, I mean, we, we we
1: are, as a group, not fans of saying no, so it gave us one more thing that we could say yes to. Um, look, if people want to go out on a Sunday for a special occasion, they want a mimosa. They want a Bloody Mary, and so we do those things. We make our Bloody Mary mix in-house. There's no bottle Bloody Mary mix for us. You know, we use good cava from Spain for the mimosas. You know, we juice our own oranges for the orange juice and the mimosas. So, um, you know, it's just trying to be a lot of things to a lot of people, but maintaining a focus on on who we are. And that's, you know, you know, a place that takes what we do very seriously.
0: Let's pause for another history lesson because we've come a long way since merely substituting beer and whiskey for tea and coffee. And because it's my show, we're starting with my favorite Bloody Mary's. The most common theory points to Fernand Pete Petio as its inventor, first mixing vodka and tomato juice while working at a bar in Paris. Later, adding citrus, salt, cayenne pepper, and Worcestershire, a word I usually say quickly to avoid mispronouncing and never imagined I would say in a podcast. At one point, the drink was known as a red snapper. There's actually no evidence it's named Bloody Mary after Queen Mary Tudor, though that became her nickname after ordering so many people killed under her reign. Some stories suggest it's named after a waitress who worked in the Bucket of Blood saloon in Chicago, or a woman named Mary who spilled the red drink on her white dress. Another round of drink history, mimosas. No bridal shower, morning flight, or brunch is complete without them. Named after the Mimosa flower, which is that same orange juice and champagne color they've been popular since their invention in Paris in the 1920s now. Bartenders can get creative, mixing up different types of juices and tossing fruit into the glass. As two dudes sitting at the bar and half and half I argue, said
1: You don't drink mimosas for breakfast. You drink them for brunch.
0: <laughs> I only eavesdrop on the most important arguments for sake of this podcast. Now back to something a little more modern social media
1: we have a great clientele we have a lot of younger people uh that are very active in social media and we definitely reap some of the benefits from that um so you
0: think social media helps with brunch yeah i think in so. certain age
2: groups definitely yeah I'm yeah and, and
1: you know. it's a place you know people when they get that table and they get that mimosa and they get an order of donuts so like there's a good chance it's going to end up on social media someplace you know but not if we don't do our job, not if the champagne is flat and the donuts don't look good, you know what I mean? You have to you have to give them social you know, food that's worthy of, of those pictures. So we've benefited from the, you know, so when people get in on a Sunday, they sometimes they want people to know they got in on a Sunday, you know, because people are like, Oh, how'd you get in? You had to wait two hours. Um, and so I, you,
2: I think for a lot of people eating is that's what you do with your friends That's your entertainment. You know, going out to eat, it's what we do for fun. It's, you know, yeah.
0: well, there's always been breakfast and lunch and brunch has been a thing for more than 100 years. It is trendy. Even here in the Midwest, there's a lot, a lot more brunch
2: now than there was eight years ago. That's for sure. Does
0: that mean it's a fad? I don't know. I mean,
1: maybe people saw the lines out the door in half and half and said, hey, there's money to be made. I mean, you know, people didn't stop when there was a busy barbecue restaurant. Now we have five or six of them. And guess what? They're all busy, you know. So um, I think it's just approachable food. And, you know, we try to put a lot of emphasis on, you know, the more of these places that open up, you know, down the road, across the city, like wherever it may be. Um, We have to kind of raise our game, you know, and so the things that can set us apart, you know, using local eggs, using local chicken, making everything from scratch outside, you know, the bread, um, you know, when when the competition kind of stood up around us, it was time for us to, you know. You know, do our thing and uh, well, we've
2: always you know. taken our food philosophies and put them here too. You know, even yeah. even the things we don't make like the bread we get from companion, we get from breadsmith and so we care because better ingredients taste better in the finished product and you can taste it and there's no way to
0: mask that. They don't use cheap ingredients, but breakfast menu items are by their nature inexpensive. Think about it. You can buy a carton of good eggs for about five bucks and then charge About five bucks per egg. That's just good business. The trick, though, is in the preparation.
1: If we bought commodity eggs, commodity chicken, cheap bread, you know, we could keep the prices the same and make more money, but it's important to us. Yes, Um, maybe it's just one of those ethos that we hold on to, but it's important to me. It's important to us to to do it. What we deem is the right way.
2: we take some standards and we try to elevate
0: them like you couldn't do at home or you wouldn't take the time to so what do they have at home before feeding the masses first here's russell
3: you know when we first started i would start my mornings at three o'clock in the morning you know and like you get up early so (laughs) yeah i was gonna say
0: 3 a.m you're sleeping in my friend. (laughs) yeah yeah
3: so i mean i've always just been kind of like a, a a go 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 type of a person and just grab something and like now that uh, you know, I have a three-year-old. You know, trying to spend more family time on the weekends and stuff like that. So now that kind of breakfast brunch time is like, you know, when I can get a day off work, that's kind of our time to relax and kind of chill out and stuff. So we're liking it more. You know, now I, now I love it. And coffee, like I kind of live on coffee, so that's
1: my main thing for breakfast.
2: Defense. Um, we had French toast this morning because it's fast and easy.
1: <laughs> they eat a lot of avocado toast.
2: It's true.
0: Bacon, bacon,
1: we eat a lot of bacon, but um,
0: chefs, they're just like us and love to smash an avocado toast, kind of, because I love it. I eat it all the time and it's just, for me,
1: the whole, yeah, it's it's just kind of, it's fine. We sell it, it's good, but it's not, you know, to me, it's like, is this really 25% of our sales? But people love it. And so it's, uh, it's been really good. It's been really good to us. So, I mean, I got no complaints, yeah.
2: I mean, even my kids love it. You know, they're in elementary school, and that's what they want for breakfast.
1: We always have an ongoing battle between avocado toast and donuts, and who's (laughs) going to win out on any on any given day?
0: Now, in this case, biting the hand that feeds them would be pretty tasty, but Mike says he doesn't.
1: Truth be told, I I have kind of I'm not much of a breakfast guy anymore. I started off as a huge breakfast guy, and I love cooking it, and I love. You know being in here and mix it up but it's not uncommon for me not to touch food until as long as you cook me dinner i don't care i can handle (laughs) 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 breakfast
0: i asked the restaurateurs to take off their chef's hat and put on their anthropologists hats do they wear hats anyway i asked them to do a little analysis we're busier than ever these days we should be a grab and go culture But why do we instead choose to spend hours over a plate of chicken and waffles at brunch? I
3: think like no matter how busy you are or anybody, everybody kind of needs that like stopping point. Like even if it's just once a week, you need to like just hit the brakes for a second and kind of relax and then keep going with, you know, your day. So I think that's kind of the main reason because it's kind of like a social thing, you know, and it's also something like it's not lunch where you're need to get somewhere and then get back to work really fast or something like that. Or dinner where you need to plan it out, you know, a couple weeks in advance and get a reservation somewhere. It's brunch, you can call some of your friends, be casual, you know, have mimosas and Bloody Marys and stuff like that and kind of spend your day brunching.
0: And spend your
2: day, a lot of
0: people will do that. Yeah. Yeah
2: your day you know you might plan to start by meeting your friends at a place like half and half and you might do something next like the farmer's market or forest park but then you're probably planning what you'll do later you'll need for drinks where you're gonna go and i think most most of the days for people especially like this generation just that's what we do for fun and when mike yeah. and i have time together we we like to think about where we would go you know yeah. where we can go
0: if you think brunch is basic you might actually have a point. But to its most creative cooks, its popularity proves St. Louis's palate is anything look, but.
1: When we first moved here, it was like maybe once every two or three years, something that you know would open and it was usually, you know, a contemporary of mine that's been in the industry for a while. Um, but if you look over the past couple years, I mean, Vicia Elmwood, I mean, there's been some, some heavy hitters kind of at the fine dining level and now you have Savage and Bullrush um, but I think that always what, what makes St. Louis great to me is kind of the backbone of our food scene. So Salumeria Maria Bidou, I think Mark does an amazing job. Chris Bollyard a good friend of mine. The stuff he does over there is amazing. Not just the meats, but the, the salamis and the, the cook stuff as well. Um, Teddy Wilson at Loafer's, you know, Mike Marquardt and all those guys at Blueprint Coffee. You know, so while... While the beard consideration restaurants get all the the notoriety, I mean, uh, Lauren and Ado at Bulk and Treat Box, I mean, there's so much happening kind of from the ground up in St. Louis. And I think that uh, every restaurant's going to have a handful of, every scene, restaurant scene's going to have a handful of great restaurants. But what we have here and what we're kind of fostering is, is kind of a grassroots, you know, lunch, coffee, uh, Larder type things, all the way up to a restaurant like Vicia that's grabbing a ton of, and rightfully so. Michael and Tara are great friends of ours, but it's just, um, you know, I think as a whole the food scene's come a long way in the last ten years. And
0: sorry, Liz, were you say? I was just gonna
2: say, and half and half is something that we found is approachable to everyone.
1: Everybody
3: is really different. I mean, like, mm. we've got. You know the shack down the street from here we've got you know there's a bread company down the street from there so it's kind of like what every everybody's looking for different things and different you know um just different atmospheres and stuff like that so i don't think that you know we're at a point where we've got too many brunch places
0: i'll raise a glass of something bubbly to that Ooh la la Ooh la la, Ooh la, la. St. Louis is a Five on Your Side production. I'm Abby Larico. Executive producer is Dori Olmos. Technical support shout-outs this week to Cassidy Thomas and Colin Jeffrey. Our theme music is by Olivier Renoir, Jérôme Fabi, and Pierre Dubost. Thanks to Katie Caro of Jasper Paul and the Smithsonian Online and Imbibe Magazine for our history tidbits. Portlandia is produced by IFC. Join our conversation on Instagram because we want to hear from you. Our handle is at AbbyEatsStLouis. And let us know about the food news you're curious about. Be sure to follow and subscribe. We'll be back in your feed on Friday with another Small Bite conversation. Until then, seize the plate.